0: I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about raising the voice of workplace champions. 60-plus questions in around 30 minutes with women, non-binary, and transgender influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. I started the Queens of Tech podcast initiative in May 2022, because I would like to retain more women, non-binary, and transgenders in the tech industry. Talent is out there, but our work environment needs to improve for all, to feel safer, stay authentic, and to be valued for our contributions. My vision is to raise the workplace ecosystem for all in the tech industry by killing the imposter syndrome, stopping bad behavior, and increasing equity opportunities. Each podcast talk is built around 60 plus questions regarding upbringing, education, career path, DEIB, and future advice. My mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by getting to the heart of my guest's personal life and career journey to inspire other girls, women, non binary, and transgenders to unleash their full potential to reach top leadership roles in the tech industry. My goal is to raise the voice of tech champions around the world and together with companies, investors, and politicians, raise the challenges and opportunities around equity, inclusive diversity, and belonging in our workplaces. Enough is enough. I would like to enforce companies to build a sustainable inclusive culture, to retain diverse talent, so we keep the workplace power equity to continue building future diverse and inclusive products your voice matters. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, tech queen Cookie Perez, data science leader in transition, currently helping empower women in tech in Chile. Hey, Cookie. Hello, Jasmine. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to have you joining us all the way from Chile today. How are you? I'm good. It's been a hectic day, hectic week. I moved new homes, new continent, but super happy to be here. I'm glad to hear. Now, let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus questions. Yes. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? Creative, thoughtful, achievement-oriented. How would you describe your life in three sentences? Grew up at the end of the world, then moved to the center of the world, which uh, allowed me to discover my potentials. And now I'm back at the end of the world to pay back. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? Ambient techno to work and trans techno to play. What is your personal motto? Normal is a cycle on a washing machine. What is your favorite book? I don't just have one, but it depends on the genre, but will certainly be sci-fi. What is your favorite podcast? Right now is Huberman Lab. There is a finally evidence-based protocols to live a healthy life and optimize your sleep and performance. So it's awesome. Mac or PC? Apple. Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. I used to compete in amateur boxing. What is your hidden talent? I can find all typos in any written document. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would the title be? Learning to kitesurf, even if you suck at it. Great start, Cookie. Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. Now, I want to discover your childhood. Where did you grow up? In Chile, first I lived in the capital, Santiago, and then in a very small town in the south of Chile called Constitución. What was your dream job as a child? A physician, a doctor. What was your favorite subject in school? It was biology and math. What was your least favorite subject? I didn't have one, actually. Very nerd. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? So my high school had a laser and it was one of the few in the country, but I never saw it. But knowing that we had one, it made me feel my school was very tech. And about the internet, it arrived when I was in college and all I could remember at the beginning was the Netscape time on that you needed to wait and it rounded and until it connected. It was, yeah, old times. Which were the three first technology gadgets you owned? I had a Nintendo and then a Sony Walkman and then a VHS player. Who was your female role model growing up? Definitely Madonna. I love her bold fashion choices and kind of that push to be true to yourself. How do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influence your education and career choice? huge impact. I grew up in Chile and the ninety was this capitalist laboratory. There was this very prestigious econ school where all the Chicago boys were teaching and I was encouraged to study econ in that school. And yeah, I could tell that it really shaped the way I thought and I had to learn a lot of things once I got to grad school. Interesting. Now I'm going to read two quotes. First one, How does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, I quote, The best way to predict your future is to create it. So, Cookie, I want to know the choices behind your career path. Where and what did you study at university? I studied economics in Chile and then in the US. Who and what influenced you to get into your choice and field? It was actually my school principal. He told me about econ and I was convinced. I knew that was the right path rather than medicine. What professional roles have you had before? In 2015, after grad school, I was a university professor and I thought that's all I wanted to do. I was teaching statistical methods, etc. And in 2015 was when in Silicon Valley was starting to all the hype around data science. And I think being a professor like opened me those doors to be part of a new profession that nobody knew what it was. At this stage, you're in transition between jobs and you're currently helping empowering women in tech in Chile. Tell us a little bit more about that. I'm in uh, this new professional era. I quit 10 months ago. I moved back to Chile and I'm in the process of designing my new life. And part of my time, I'm using it to help a foundation that already exists. It's called Soy Mas to start teaching coding to women, single mothers. They come a very harsh life so far and we're super excited. It's a pilot and we're hoping then we can scale it across the country. What does a typical work day look like for you? Currently, as I said, I'm involved in different roles, but I have a lot of time as well. Uh, so I'm exploring, I'm meeting with different people. Yesterday, I had my first board meeting. I'm also part of a board of director at a private company. And I'm also helping another foundation to incorporate science in all public schools. So definitely very different, but always in technology and trying to empower women and kids in Chile. I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Cookie, what do you love about your role? I love everything about it, actually. I think it's mostly the freedom that I have right now. The freedom to choose how I spend my time. It's just incredible. I never thought I was going to be able to have that moment in my life at this age. I'm loving it. And what is the best experience you've had in your role so far? Any examples? The other day we went with my husband actually to talk with these girls that are starting in the foundation and like looking at their faces and when we were telling them that they can learn how to program and it's something that it's never been in their mind and never thought that it will be possible. Yeah, it's amazing to see that in their face. You can tell that they are like super excited and shocked and with fear, but at the same time they want to do it. And what is the biggest challenge you've encountered so far and how did you tackle it? I've been lucky that so far no challenges right now in Chile. I think it's people are quite open when people come from abroad. So far, none, but I'm sure they will come. What do you wish everybody understood about your role? That it's okay to not have a normal job, that kind of like you are in this weird, quirky work environment. I think people try to push you to, okay, but when are you going to find a job? They don't recognize that these are jobs as well. And what is the one common myth about your profession that you want to disapprove? I've been very surprised in Chile back now that if you say you're a data scientist, they assume you're an engineer. And if you're not an engineer, they don't think you're a data scientist. What do you love about working in the tech industry? Oh, the, there's never a dull day. Oprah Winfrey said, I quote, Think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is not a stepping stone to greatness. What has by far been your biggest achievement in your career? I think being a data scientist at Airbnb during 2015, 2016, those were the most exhilarating years of my life where I got to work with amazing people and we were building a dream company. I think that's definitely my peak. What is the biggest factor that has helped you become successful? Any success habits? studying, working hard, all of that obviously pays off. But I think understanding that this is not a job or a role that you can do by yourself and reaching out, looking for mentor sponsor is something that it took me a while to realize that was key. If not, you're going to fail. How do you measure your own performance at work? Usually via the achievement of my team and also how they're doing mentally and emotionally. What would you say is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? I think not learning to manage up very early on a kind of successful way. Yeah, I learned by understanding that you're not going to advance if you're not investing on that. What would you say is inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now? Right now, I think it's being able to teach, mentor, advice in my country. It's incredibly fulfilling. Let us now jump into the influence of mentors, role models, champions, and sponsors. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, champions can stand up and advocate for us and open up the world of possibilities. Sponsors match emerging talent with leaders and influential employees who can help us move ahead in our careers. So Cookie, do you have a mentor, champion, or a sponsor today? Yes. I actually have a couple in Chile at the moment. It's probably not very formal for them. I see them as mentors and sponsors. And it's in this short time in Chile, it has allowed me an open doors. And I don't think I would have been able to be and be doing what I'm doing right now without them. Who is the female non-binary or transgender role model you look up to in your field? I haven't worked with her in a couple of years, but I would say someone that marked me and it's always inspired to be like her is Naba Benergy. She's right now the head of trust and safety at Airbnb. And she's so inspiring. As a tech leader, she's very smart and very empathic. And I think, yeah, it's one of those people that definitely marked my life when I worked with her. History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors, champions, and sponsors in business than women. Cookie, how important do you think it is to have a mentor, champion, or sponsor during one's career? All of the three are crucial. I see them differently, like the roles they play, but being in tech and being a Latina, being a woman in Silicon Valley, I think it would have been impossible. So for me, the role models usually give me like an all-star. The, a champion will advocate for you when you're not in the room, but A sponsor is really the one that is going to use their power to give you opportunities. So you have to have the three of them. And they not necessarily need to be the same person, but they are essential. Powerful. Let's move on to leadership. Adena Friedman, president and CEO of Nasdaq, said, I quote, Empowering those around you to be heard and valued makes a difference between a leader who simply instructs and ones who inspires. And Shirley Samber, ex-COO of Facebook, said, I quote, Leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. Cookie, what does leadership mean to you? Yeah, definitely more like Cheryl. I think for me it's the ability to have a deep understanding of the needs, the motivations of the people you're working with and to be able to connect with them on a personal level and to be an advocate for them. For me, that's leadership. What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? A bad leader is going to be someone that is most concerned about its own personal achievement and advancement rather than empowering the people that work with him or her. So that would be the good leader for me, being able to connect and empower the people who work with you. Who's your favorite female, non-binary or transgender tech leader and why? So I couldn't choose one. I have four women that I work with, Naba as I mentioned. Anita Roth, Carla Pelicano, and Ali Rahu. For me, those four female tech leaders are everything. I think I've learned a lot from them. And yeah, they're amazing, inspirational. How would you describe yourself as a leader? I am an empathic leader, and I believe in team empowerment and also technical excellence. And as a leader, what values are most important to you? Empathy. Empathy. What leadership lessons have you learned that have formed you into the leader you are today? Early on in my career, I had a manager that told me that I was too emotional and that I needed to be more stoic. He was the classical white privileged dude in tech. And I think for me, that was super important that I was told that very early on in my career. And it showed me how important it was to be. I needed to be able to inspire others. If not, I was never going to be successful like him. What are your three strengths and three weaknesses? The strengths are resilience, creativity, positive attitude. Witnesses are impatience, self-doubt, and impulsivity. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today, workplace culture, unlocking the power of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Cookie, what does diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging mean to you personally? For me, means that when a woman Latina in tech enters a room and is not a token anymore. What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company? That there is diversity of color, gender, and thought and experiences at the top, not at the bottom. That they have high women retention and that they value high performance. As a woman, what has been the most significant barrier in your career and how have you overcome these challenges? Being the only woman in the room can always can overshadow you with self-doubt. So I'm always learning and practicing how to be confident in those situations. It helps me a lot to observe others how they do it, but definitely something that continues to happen very often. Why do you think it's more important for more women, non-binary and transgenders to join the tech industry today? The tech industry is moving so fast with advancement that will change the way we work and the way we relate with others that it's imperative that women are in the room right now, creating all those new technologies. I mean, it's scary that we are creating all these new algorithms and women are not in the room. So, yeah, critical. Do you and how do you speak with your colleagues about DEIB challenges, for example, salary gaps and promotions? Actually, at Airbnb and in my previous jobs, we spoke quite openly, and I believe today is no excuse to not measure the gaps that you have in your company in the most scientific way. Salary, gender, salary gaps and equity, etc. You have to be able to measure those. There are many public and internal discussions about the barriers women, non-binary and transgenders face from reaching higher position in the tech industry. How do you feel it has affected and is affecting you and what is your advice on how to best unblock these roadblocks? It's something always present. How to solve it? I believe today that we need to train men on the problem and on how to solve it. We have to make them accountable at the top. If you don't have a diverse board and executive and leadership level, that should be an unacceptable trade of a company. It's Come on, we're 2023. So you have to make, for example, their bonuses depend on making improvements in that area. Today, tech companies spend a lot of marketing money to attract women, non-binary and transgenders. However, at the same time, they're finding it hard to retain them. Articles show that women are leaving the tech industry. What is your best advice on strategies for how companies can work to build a stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity and equity? I love this question. I think for me, what helped me not leave the tech industry, which I thought about it many times, The first one is sponsorship, having a good program of sponsorship, not mentorship, not having men teaching women how to do their job. It's having men in power, use their power to advocate for women and help them advance. That needs every tech company and every company should have that. The second is having a people analytics team. I think that shows you that the company cares about measuring gender gaps if they have them in a very scientific way. And having unconscious bias training for all, you have to take it every year at the companies at work. And it's very, very useful for everybody. What would you say are the few challenges of implementing diversity, equity, inclusion in a belonging culture in a workplace today? I think the biggest challenge is that tech is moving so fast and there's this culture that you need to build, grow, move very fast. So speed is the enemy of hiring a diverse workforce. You need to be able to have time and to attract the talent, diverse talent. And I would say that's the number one enemy of trying to implement a very good diverse culture in a company is the hiring fast, really detrimental. Why and how do you think companies would benefit from having not just women, non binary, and transgender leaders, but actually higher gender representation at C level and boardrooms? I always repeat these three reasons that are actually backed by research. The first one is that you are going to have better innovation. When you have women or people of different backgrounds working together, they're more likely to come up with creative solutions. So that's proven in the literature. The number two is better decisions. Diverse teams make better decisions than homogeneous teams. That's also proven. Number three, you're going to improve your reputation. Companies today that prioritize diversity and inclusion are going to be likely seen or being perceived as more socially responsible. So you're also gonna have that impact. How much do you think the tech industry has changed regarding this subject since you joined? It has changed very little if you look at the numbers in terms of representation. And I always think about it, we contrast the technological advancement that they have achieved in the past 15 years with the advances made in representation, you will fire every CEO in tech companies if you look at that very little improvements. It could have been much more. Looking back on your career, what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break the bias? As I mentioned before, manage app better. I think to learn to speak about my accomplishment, my skills, to advocate for myself in a better way early on in my career would have been very beneficial. Looking forward, what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women, non-binary and transgenders in tech beyond all the amazing work you already started in Chile? I'm constantly reminding women that they can do this job. I think that's super important to be repeated, that there's nothing they don't have to be successful. And I'm also always reminding men that they can and should be doing much more to attract more women to their field. Let us now move on to another hot topic in business today, which is work-life balance and mental health. Cookie, you have without a doubt a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain good mental health? I think sports and travel is my recipe. Always trying to take time off and to be active. Have you ever experienced burnout? Yes, and I don't, don't shy away from having therapists. therapist, so I'm always having one and I'm not sure how people do it without one. What is your best advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in the new now? I think training managers to help reduce the stigma and also empower them with tools and resources so they can offer to their team members is key. And also managers need to lead by example. I think there's nothing worse than to work with a stress out and burnout manager that doesn't take care of himself or herself. That's a really bad example. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? Well, I'm living a very special moment in my life right now. So I don't have a routine and I think that is very motivational and exciting every day. Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and a piece of advice for our listeners. Cookie, what is the best piece of advice you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? I was told once, it was not only on a setback, but like that I had a voice and that I should always say something and never believe that I have nothing to offer. I've always remind myself of that. And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle it? Be emotional. And I tackled that by crying. (laughs) Is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry? Yes, to manage up effectively. I wish grad school would have told me that or high school or college. <laughs> if you had the ability to go back in time to when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? I think to be more assertive, to talk about my accomplishment, my skills, and also to look for mentors and sponsors early on in my career. What advice would you give to young girls, women, non-binary, and transgenders who want and trying to break into STEM fields today, especially wanting to become next-generation leaders? In addition to building their technical skills, to build their leadership skills. For example, communication, problem-solving, decision-making. So whenever they are sitting in the table, they will not be unnoticed. Very important to work on those. Last but not least... What is next for you in your role and career in tech? What are your career aspirations? I feel like I'm living my dream at the moment. And I'm at this very interesting time of designing my new way of working and in a space that I love, which is tech and women. So I'm looking forward to what's coming. Thank you so much, Cookie, for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast. Sharing your journey will, without a doubt, inspire change and reshape company culture for the next generation of women, non-binary, and transgender leaders in tech. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum of three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at i.jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative, And to support us, visit Queens of